Hey, David, how you doing? You're you're down in Florida. I'm stuck in rainy New Hampshire, and, but you're in, down in beautiful Florida. I'm jealous. I tell you, I'm I'm jealous for a lot of different reasons. But uh, hi, how I'm, are you? Yeah, the beautiful Florida is like the most beautiful today. We've had great weather. David, your voice has changed. <laughs> well, Jack, I'm down at the uh, uh, the uh, Deland Sport Aviation Showcase, uh-huh. first day of the first one, and we're talking to the uh, boss on this event, uh, Jenna Phillips. and she's the one accurately describing the weather to us. <laughs> Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very good. Congratulations on the opening day of your new show. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's it going? What's it like? You know, it's gone really um, smooth when you're talking about setup day for a full field of exhibitors and then the first morning of the show. Um, If you're going to have a snag, that's where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And we came really, really well. There's smiles on everybody's faces. There's a ton of flying going on. Uh, from the exhibitors, and they all seem very pleased. Yeah. David's been posting some pictures on our Twitter account, and it looks great. It looks very, very cool. I'm, like I said earlier, I'm very jealous that I wasn't able to make it down there, but work commitments made it impossible. David, uh, we know Jana likes the whole show. What do you think? What's it look like? Well, I, I, I was talking to a couple of my uh, fellow journalists uh, who we've spent the last few days over in Orlando at NBAA, and like me, they came over today to see the opening day, and there'll be more coming over tomorrow. Uh, but we were comparing this to uh, the day you and I went to Sebring last year. And uh, I- I'll tell you, I think the audience here is I- at least as good as that day was, and I expect a little better on some fronts. Uh, fair amount of people walking around. Uh, our friend Charlie Becker will be along a little bit. He had a good audience for his keynote. Uh, there's a nice uh, variety of uh, exhibitors indoors. And as Jana said, there's a lot of flying going on. And if you can hear that airplane taking off in the background, that's a jump plane because to land is a uh, center of uh, skydiving uh, activity. And they've got a competition coming up this weekend. So there's a lot of uh, jumpers in the air here practicing for that competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did hear the plane. That sounds very cool. Um, I'm not there on the ground, David, so obviously I don't know what the issues are. What, 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 you, what question do you have for Jana? First off, how many exhibitors do you have here on the outdoor static display and flying, Jana? We have 46. 46 outdoor exhibitors with an average of two aircraft per lot per booth. That's, 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 a, good, that's a good crowd. Yeah, and they range from powered paramotors, powered paragliders, um, ultralight trikes, fixed wing. There's even a Pitts Model 12 on the field. And that, that's nowhere near light sport category, but that's <laughs> a little biplane. I got to fly one a few years ago at the factory. And Is that over in the home build slot? Yeah. Yeah. And I walked that one. Yeah, yeah. just uh, almost right next door to the EA, EAA booth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nice to see the uh, vendors. I mean, they're they're keeping the sky busy with their own traffic pattern and doing demo rides for potential customers. And uh, uh, it's pretty much nonstop. They've had some good programs. They've got three uh, tents set up for uh, forums. And uh, 
Uh, I suspect that this is probably going to be the slow day of the show, the way it's shaping up. Uh, it, I anticipate it to be yeah. the slow day. NBAA is still taking place in Orlando, and we backed up next to that as a first-time event to get the media um, in close proximity to make the trip on over and see our debut show. So it's gone well today. We've had a constant flow of people, um, but I think tomorrow will really boom um, as well as Saturday. And at one time, the winds for tomorrow were predicted to be um, 20 to 30 miles per hour, and they've now backed off of that, and the forecast is 7 to 10 miles per hour, which is great news. And then Saturday's predicted to be good as well. But, of course, it's Florida. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> Wait, don't like the way Wait yeah. a few minutes. It can change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was leaving last night about 9 o'clock, and all of a sudden there was, I had these sprinkles on my the windshield in my car, and I thought, hmm. Didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> you know, and it was done over with, and you know. Jana, I have a question. I, I'm sorry, David. I have a question for Jana. Um, why? So why Deland? Uh, you know, a brand new show. To a certain extent, you could have picked anywhere. Um, what makes Deland special? You know, actually, Deland reached out. They wanted to embrace the sport aviation market, and I'm glad that you asked me this because. This is really twofold. Um, DeLand has recognized that they are already um, a recreational airport. And that's who they are and that's who they want to be in the future. And they reached out and wanted to do an annual show here as well as build a village. And that village is not like for people to live in, but it's for aircraft to live in. And over a series of the next one to three years, They will be building on 40 acres uh, a dedicated facility for the sport aviation market. And phase one will include five to six manufacturer's hangars, 21 key hangars, and that's key because every airport in this area is sold out on key hangars. And they are basing all of this around the sport aircraft market to tie in with their recreational facility. So the anchor here is really going to be the village and then we'll bring in an annual three-day show once mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Am I hearing music in the background? I like it, but I'm curious what it is. That's the playing musicians playing in the show center tent ah, okay. for your listening yeah. when you want to take a break and let your feet yeah. get happy. Now, you, yeah. you were just telling us about the, the, the future of DeLand, but DeLand has a rich, uh, very cool past as far as aviation and, and aeronautics concerned. David mentioned uh, uh, skydiving. Isn't there a, a lot of skydiving operation there and has been for a long time? There is. We have over 100,000 skydivers um, fall out of the sky every year. They have different ways, events here two to three times a year. One of those actually begins on Sunday. Our show ends on Saturday, so great photo opportunities for some people. And it's become a manufacturing mecca in the skydiving community as well. We have 38 different companies on the airport campus that are tied to the skydiving industry that employ over 600 jobs. Mm-hmm. So the city is hoping to do the same thing with the Sport Aviation Village in creating jobs as well. Yeah. So when the Sport Aviation Village is, is built out, will that be the center for the show or will it stay over here where it is now? You know, we intend to keep the show right here. We are on an old naval base 
and it was actually an abandoned ramp over here that's not utilized, but yet it's still connected with quite um, an expansive taxiway system. So the show just lays out the show lays out great on this field. I've got outdoor exhibitors on the east side and on the north side of the show layout, both with their own flight staging areas. So we can actually have you know, two different staging areas going on at the same time and get the, the flights in the air and back that much quicker. So we intend to keep it here. Uh, we've got lots of room on this campus to grow. You know, people say, can you expand? And it's like, look around. We do. We've got a lot of room to grow. And the city of Deland recognized that. And they are totally behind this event. It, they've thought it out very well. The monies were appropriated for both this and the village um, at the onset. Yeah. Where, for people who are not familiar, where is Deland in Florida relative to some other big cities, perhaps? Deland is about 40 miles east of Orlando and 18 minutes from the beach of Daytona. Okay, yeah. Um, just, off, so, just off I-4. Just off I-4, yeah. Um, David, I'm going to let you take over here in just a second, but my last question, I guess, for Jenna regarding the showcase is, um, have you reached any conclusions yet about whether November is going to be the time, or are you still trying to figure out what your date is going to be in the future? You know, we are still looking at that first weekend of November, and the second annual showcase is slated to go November 2 through 4. It's a good time frame as far as in the aviation world, um, the calendar. There are no conflicts with that. NBAA next year is in Las Vegas, the middle of October, so there won't be a conflict there at all. And the weather pattern has held true to our research, and, and it's beautiful. And so unless you hear differently, we are going to stay right on that first weekend of November. There's a little bit of a question whether it will stay to be a three-day show or go to a four-day show. Right now, we're still looking at remaining a three-day show. It's always good to get an event like this grounded before you start to play with the Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great talking with you, Jenna. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to get uh, get face to face with you this year. It's always always a pleasure to visit with you. Um, but uh, I I do congratulate you on uh, on your kickoff show here, and uh, I wish you good luck for the rest of the week. And David, let me throw it back to you. I think they've done a a, a fantastic job of uh, pulling this together at, at the quality level that you see around the field in the short amount of time that they've had to do it. Uh, my hat's off to the whole community for the support they put into it. And, and uh, no question, we've talked to Jana about this event off and on for months, including up at Oshkosh. And uh, I imagine when this weekend comes to an end that she's going to sit down, put her feet up, take a long, deep breath and go, okay, one down, more to go. Yeah, you're right. But it has really been a pleasure. You know, I'm all about the people that I get to work with in the aviation community on a daily basis, and that is just what makes all the difference in the world. Well, Jana, thanks a lot for joining us. And I know you got plenty of demands on your time, so we'll see more of you. 
Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye, Jana. Thank you. We're going to bring another friend of the podcast here, our old buddy from EAA, Charlie Becker. Hey, Jack. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's the matter? Wisconsin in November is too cold for you? You got to go to Florida. Actually, it was gorgeous when I left Wisconsin, and it was predicted to be a great last, probably probably the last hurrah for the season, because uh, it was going to be like mid sixties and sunny. So wow, yeah, uh, well, a little bit hard to actually leave on this trip. Usually, Florida is always uh, a welcome destination when you're leaving Wisconsin. Yeah, so but Charlie usually was, a little bit yeah. usually a little bit later in the year. But uh, anyways, what's going on, Charlie? You enjoying the show? Yeah, it's going great. I do have to answer one thing right up front, and the answer is yes. Okay, you that's know always a good answer. Is. Um, it is, uh, let's see now, uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to guess. What's the question? The last episode that I listened to, you, you, you put in a plug for me being the keynote speaker down here at The Land, and you said, oh, Charlie's probably blushing right now, and, and the answer was <laughs> yes, I was. So, <laughs> I appreciate you putting in the plug, though, for being the keynote speaker down here at the land. Uh, always glad to shine a light on your, your aviation activities. And as you can tell, we kind of uh, feel have, have fond feelings about the DeLand show. So, yeah, glad to. That's just proof positive that I have, in fact, listened to every episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. <laughs> I'm not convinced that's something you really want to confess about. But, okay, sure, all right. You're right. It could be used against me at some uh-huh. point in the future. Uh-huh. But Charlie had a pretty good crowd in the uh, show center tent for his uh, for his keynote talk this afternoon, and uh, was hoping he could share with us a little bit about what he had to say. Yeah, please sure. do. Uh, well, I kind of um, well, first of all, first day, first show, a new show, and I, you know, I started off with a quote from the original EA newsletter experimenter back in 1953, where. Uh, Paul referenced the fact that maybe it would be a good idea to have a show to, you know, show off some of the aircraft that everybody was interested in back in the day. We did, in fact, have that show in Milwaukee. And then, of course, after a number of years in Milwaukee, it became Rockford and then it became Oshkosh. And now we call it AirVenture a lot of the time. And I was hopeful that, you know, 20 years from now, I'd be able to look back and go, you know what? I was actually there that first day, you know. There was, uh, I think there was 23 home builds at the first EAA show back in uh, Milwaukee back in 1953. So hopefully That's, we'll outdo that here. here. So I haven't actually that, walked over the home built line yet. So that means 60 years from now, the Deland show is going to be huge. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> what was your talk about the, earlier today? Uh, I went over just some of the things that are going on uh, in different aspects of EAA, especially on the governmental front. Um, there's some new guidance that, that we're hopeful will come out shortly on the letter of deviation authority that our government staff has been working on. Touched on the medical a little bit. Um, but what I did was I tried to kind of, I used a lot of quotes from Paul because I've been doing some research uh, on some of his writings. And so I pulled a bunch of quotes and used that as kind of the the backdrop for or what I for what I talked about, and for those of you who don't know, when I say Paul, I mean Paul Poveresny, the the founder of EAA, who since passed on. But um, it, it was interesting to read a lot of his writings because you know, in in a lot of ways things have changed, but in a lot of ways it's it's it hasn't at all. You mm-hmm. know, it's still aviation, it's still the desire to fly. 
um, still the desire to use your hand and mind to, to do something creative. So that was kind of the message. Uh-huh. Very cool. You, you stay in, you're staying through the whole uh, three days? Yeah, we have a, a booth set up right inside the gate. In fact, that, that Model 12 that Dave was referring to is uh, uh, Keith Billups from the, the Spruce Creek chapter down here, Chapter 288, and he was kind enough to bring it over, and he's also kind enough to put me up for the, the duration of the show. So <laughs> I'm staying with him. So, mm-hmm. uh, But it's a great... Uh, it's a great attraction over there because it, it's first of all, it's very beautifully done, but second of all, it's a, it's a unique aircraft that draws a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a Russian engine and uh, it turns the wrong way. So when you fly that, you have to remember left rudder, left rudder. Uh, and visibility straight ahead doesn't exist until you get the tail <laughs> off the ground. Uh, but it's a finger and thumb airplane and we'll go wherever you want to go, however you want to get there. Some of the uh, air cadets were over there today and I, and uh, I told them, you know, Keith, Keith was there and I'm like, yeah, it's his airplane. And they're like, how do you land that airplane when you can't see anything in front of you? And he's like, well, first of all, if you can see in front of you, you're doing it the wrong way. Right. <laughs> you know? He's like, you got to kind of come in on a descending turn. And then, you know, he says, it's not as hard as you'd think, but you know, there's definitely some getting used to it. Mm-hmm. it it reinforces the uh, phrase a carrier approach because you basically start downwind and you make a 180 in whichever direction you're making the the uh, approach you make a 180 until you bring the nose up and let it settle and you've yeah. got your eye on the runway end all the way through that 180 until just before the ground disappears and comes up and kisses the wheels it's not hard to do but it's a completely different technique than uh, what most GA pilots are used to. Even most tailwheel pilots are used to. Mm-hmm. But it, if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah. Hey, Charlie, um, I was teasing you a few minutes ago about winter in Wisconsin, and, and then you mentioned the uh, EAA chapter there at Spruce Creek in Florida. But, you know, talking about winter at, in Wisconsin, the uh, you know for a lot of the country, flying activity decreases a bit when we as we move into this part of the year. Putting on your hat as the chapter guide, EAA, do, do chap, how do chapter activities change or not as it gets into winter? Well, I mean, as I'm you know as I have learned, you know, our winter, we, we take on a whole different approach. We don't fly young eagles in the winter. It, it would just be a miserable experience. But, you know, in the south, you know, you can see an uptick. And out west, in the southwest, you know, they, they can actually keep flying going all, all year long. In our case, it turns more to home building activities. That's how, you know, I stay sane is by bu- building aircraft in the winter. And I don't think it's a great coincidence that EAA was formed in a in a climate where for about six months you – you go into hibernation and, and, <laughs> and can work uninterrupted on uh, building an aircraft. But as far as chapters in general, it, it really kind of depends on the chapter. Um, in our case, it really doesn't change things dramatically, although we, we obviously don't hold any of the out, outdoor flying stuff in the winter up there because it would just be too harsh. So, Charlie, but, will your uh, Cub project have a heater? Uh, absolutely. My current, I just bought a home build cub from a friend of mine back in June and it does not have one. It, it, for whatever reason, they closed off the, uh, the heat muff to the, to the cockpit. Not that it makes a whole lot of difference in a J3 cub, but there's a psychological factor. You feel better when you pull that knob than when you can't pull it, you know? Well, at least your toes get warm. Yes. 
<laughs> there's enough air leakage in the airplane elsewhere that uh, if you can keep the toes warm, the rest of your brain will think that you're warm all the way around. But I'm kind of more of a door open cub guy, you know, so I really, if I can't have the doors open, I, I don't fly it as much. I feel claustrophobic when the doors are shut. Well, you would have been you would have been right at home with my friend up here in New Hampshire, who took me flying on skis in the middle of the winter, and and as we were climbing out from the airport, the the Cubs door popped open, and uh, it got pretty chilly. I mean, it wasn't real warm to begin with in in the Cub in the winter, but uh, when the door went open, yikes! It was it was you know great view though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. We'll let these folks go and get back to the real business they're here for. And uh, anything else you want to hear? Not me. I'm set. Sounds great. Sounds like you guys are in fun. I'm jealous. Well, it's not too late to get your butt down here from New England. Uh, <laughs> if except only. if you're going to drive again. Yeah, yeah. You're David, you're about to head home? I'm headed home tomorrow, but our uh, colleague Jeb will be here, I believe, on Saturday. Yeah, and I think so I'm going to try and... Yeah, I'm going to try and get him on the telephone as well and uh, see what he's up to. So, anyways, uh, thank you, David. Thank you, Charlie. We appreciate it. Um, Jana, wherever you are, thank you to you. And, uh, David, uh, any final words? Yeah, go fly because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.